Good morning. Uh, praise God. We live. We we serve an amazing, powerful God. I welcome you this morning to uh, the second winter that we're in. <laughs> it was spring, but it's went back winter back again today. I walked out today and everything was white, and I thought, oh no, you got a heavy frost. Uh, thank God for it. Want to welcome everyone by Facebook Live. Thank you for tuning in. Praise God. I watched that. Thank you for watching it and uh, enjoying it. I watched a little bit of it the other day, and, and my first thought was, who's that old fat guy up there? <laughs> camera's got, I, I know that camera puts at least 20 pounds on you. I mean, just got to be, got to be the camera. We have uh, been looking at spiritual fullness, living in the fullness of God's presence, and and we're going to be continuing this uh, into the 1st of May. So all of April here is our last uh, segments of, of the spiritual fullness. And we're just scratching the surface on this. You could, we could actually preach on this for a whole year and never get to the bottom of it because Holy Spirit, the, the Bible says uh, that Holy Spirit came to uh, talk about Jesus, to witness about Jesus. We're going to get into a little bit of that today about the the, the receiving and, and the impartation. We've been talking about the nature of God, the fullness, walking in the fullness of who He is, walking in the fullness of nature, the impact that it has on our lives, the changes that take place in our lives, not only uh, just a, a spiritual thing, but even to the molecular structure of our very beings. Holy Spirit's able to impact every part of our lives. We're going to be getting into that a little bit later in the next segment, uh, nine-week segment on... on uh, well, first would be emotional and, and mental wholeness, and then the next one would be physical healing, and we're going to be seeing how that the Holy Spirit can literally change the molecules in our body if we can just simply embrace that and let it be released in our life. We um, Turn with me today to uh, Ephesians 3.19. We're going to make our, uh, read our verse. It says, To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Isn't that amazing? You may be filled with all. The Amplified says a body wholly filled with God. Now say this with me. I have been redeemed to be filled with the Spirit so that the fullness of God may dwell in me. Hallelujah. The fullness of God dwell in me not just in the earth. There's the omnipresence of God, which is the, the presence of God all over, everywhere. In Genesis, it said the presence of God, the Spirit of the Lord, hovered over the deep. And uh, just there's a presence of God around this earth. But then there's the manifest presence of God. And that's, a, that's where we see the obvious uh, indications of the indwelling of the Spirit of God, where we see the, something changed in our lives, something about us has changed because Holy Spirit is now moving in our lives and, and, and controlling and, and um, you know, being a, a major part of our lives. Last week we left off, or was talking about Ephesians uh, chapter 3 and verse 20. I want to I go back there uh, today, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. And read that again. 
It says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. Now look at this. According to the power that works in us. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above. The writer was trying to get us to understand that this is way beyond our ability to even comprehend what God is able to do. Now, the preceding part tells us that we need to be anchored in, rooted in, to understand, to know the love of Christ, okay? That is the foundation. That is the atmosphere that when we come into that atmosphere, we begin to understand and work in and walk in the presence of God. Without the love of Christ, there is no power of Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to say that again. Without the love of Christ, there is no power of the Holy Spirit in your life because Holy Spirit dwells in the nature of God, and the nature of God is, John, 1 John tells us, that he is love. And so the love of God, when the love of God fills us, that's why, that's why we, we get a whole lot friendlier when the Holy Spirit fills us up. If people don't get friendlier, if they don't get nicer when the Holy Spirit fills them up, they did not get Holy Spirit. They might have got a spirit, but it wasn't Holy Spirit. I've, so, I've seen some people that were supposedly baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they're the meanest people I've ever been around in my life. I mean, they, nobody could measure up, you know, and they, they're just mean. That ain't Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit isn't a critic that criticizes everything and, you know, uh, feel called to uh, judge and criticize everybody. You got your hands full just trying to get yourself full of the Holy Spirit, let alone somebody else. You know, in, in, the, in the Pentecostal church, we, we've been so superstitious. Superstition, you know, years ago, superstition was very powerful, in, especially in this area, in this region. And uh, in, the, in the Pentecostal Charismatic Churches, we, we've, we still battle superstition. We battle our ideas of how Holy Spirit works because we saw something, experienced something, or, or just an idea that we get, you know, that, you know and, and we have all these, all these legal regimens that we're supposed to have to go through to, for Holy Spirit to work in your life. I got to tell you something, Holy Spirit is more powerful than any of that. If we can just get focused on Him and start letting Him move in our lives, He can blow all that out of the water, and He will shape you, form you, and, and make you into the person you need to be if you can just yield to Him. Pastor, uh, Sister Merlene Haynes used to talk about when she was a young girl, uh, she was you know, in church, and she wanted to be filled with the Holy Spirit. She was, she come up front and was prayed for to receive the Holy Spirit, and she did. And just a powerful impartation. And she stand her hands in the, in, in the air, worshiping the Lord. And this older mother of the church come by and, and said, Youngin, if you'll get those rings off your finger, the Holy Ghost will fill you. And said, she opened her eyes and she said, He already has. See, we put all these, all these uh, man-made, you know, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do that. I, I tell you, you can check all the boxes and cross all the T's, dot all the I's, and still not have anything in you. But when you just start investigating, jump, hide, jump, 
off the high dive into the love and the presence of God. He will fill you, and when you emerge, you're going to be changed. You're going to be different, and he will mold you into the person God wants you to be. Amen. So to be filled. Now, unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask and think, according. We got to get that word, got to get a hold of that word, according to. In other words, with not, it will not happen without this. According to the power from heaven. No, according to the power that works in you. Works. In other words, active, alive, manifesting in you. Oh, hallelujah. That's what I want. I want God manifesting in my life. Praise God. Turn with me to the book of Luke. I have, I have uh, a lot of notes today. Normally, I just have a little post-it note, and it takes me an hour to get that preached, but I've got a whole page of notes here today. So very possibly, this will be the next three weeks at least. You know, I, I don't think we're going to get all this done today. But in the book of Luke chapter 11, and um, verses 9 through 13, in verse 9, it says, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Now, those are very affirming statements. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be given to you. In the Amplified Bible, it says, Ask, and keep on asking. Seek, and keep on seeking knock and keep on knocking in other words the 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 statement here is this this isn't a one-time thing where you ask and if it doesn't happen you get disappointed matter of fact the seeking god is not just a segment of time that you allot to seek god seeking god is a lifestyle amen if if you learn to live with the pull always on in your life then you'll learn to live in the power of the holy spirit i'm talking about living when you get up in the morning you you have a draw to god you want you're hungry for god you want god in your life when you're walking through the day you you have this pull this draw you've got this conversation going on with holy spirit not the conversation in your head arguing with yourself the bible says cast down arguments Amen. The weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, bringing every thought into subjection, casting down imaginations, and every high thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. I'm not talking about the argument that goes on inside of you every day. I just, you know, I ask this question all the time, who are you arguing with? We, we have these arguments going on in ourselves all the time, and we have these debates, and who is it we're debating with? I, I don't know. It's just this empty rhetoric. It's circular thinking. 
instead of uh, instead of linear thinking. This is something I teach in, in, in uh, counseling when I'm counseling people. I, I talk to them about circular thinking versus linear thinking. You, circular thinking is where you, where you think, feel, think, feel, think, feel, think, feel, and you never come to an answer and you never resolve the situation. You overthink everything and it, and it circles in your mind. Linear thinking is think, feel, choose. Think, feel, choose. Think, feel, choose. Everybody say it with me. Think, feel, choose. Whenever you get through thinking, feeling, you make a decision and you make a choice and you grab hold of that choice. If you don't, here it goes again. Come around. Amen. Linear or circular thinking. Men, men don't have as much tendency to do that. Some men do. Some men are just overthinkers. I mean, they just think all the time. But they, they never, you know, can't, they can't come to a decision. I tell them, I say, look, stop that. Women are more prone to this because you both use both sides of your brain. Most, most men only use one side of their brain, dominant, and that's the factual side. That's why, wives, when you're sharing things with frustrations with your husband, you're probably going to get even more frustrated because he's going to try to fix it because that's what we do. But you don't want it fixed. You want him just to understand that you're frustrated. Okay? All you women say, amen. amen. But us men, it's very hard for us to do that because we are fixers. You know, we want to put the pieces together and has hand you a puzzle assembled, not still in pieces. We want it to be assembled. Okay, put these pieces here, you know, and that just, that, that just aggravates. Men don't do that. Unless your wife asks you, what is the answer? Do not speak. <laughs> Just listen. And don't daydream while they're talking because they can tell. They're watching you. They're sensing what you're doing. And if you're daydreaming, you don't care and you don't love me. Okay? So we need to get focused here. Now, if, you're, if you ask your husband, what should I do, then listen to him and don't go back to square one when he gets to giving you the answer. <laughs> Accept it. Say, okay, those are the facts. I need to choose here. Nothing more aggravated to me when I'm doing counseling with somebody and we go through the whole thing and we get to the end and, and I solve the problem for them. And they go all the way back and they reincarnate step number one in a little different way and they start back through it all over again. Most of the time, I will do that two to three times when we first start. Two to three times, I'll give them the opportunity to cycle. And after that, I will say, are you actually going to listen? Or are we just going to circle here? Are you going to receive an answer or are we just going to circle? If you're going to circle, it's $120 an hour for therapist. If you're going to listen, it's free. 
A lot of times that gets their attention and they start listening. Boy, God, still and quiet in here now. Don't push me, Pastor. Don't don't make me make a decision. Don't make me choose. I just want to be mad for a while. Okay. That just comes from nowhere. (laughs) Don't give me answers. I'm mad. I don't want to be anything but mad. I want to be mad for a while. The word gives us answers. And if we learn to read the word and, and let it be an answer to us, then it'll fix a lot of these things because he is able to do exceed. I got it way off track here. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in you. Now, you have to receive something in order for it to work in you. Amen. You can't just go borrow it for a little while. This isn't rent a shop where you go rent a tool for a little bit and then you take it back. This is an abiding thing. This, this is where you receive it into your life. Now, in the book of Luke, where we're reading here, it says um, in chapter 11, let me get there. Chapter 11, verse 9, is talking about asking. So ask, and it'll be given you. Seek, and you'll, you'll find. Knock, and it'll be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. To him who knocks, it'll be open to you. Again, the, the inference here is that you, you have a continual conversation with God. You're constantly receiving from God. And it says, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a, scor- a scorpion. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them who ask? How much more? If you know how to feed your kids when they're hungry, then how much more will your heavenly Father Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Now, in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, and verse 12, the, the writer in Matthew says, How much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask? And then Luke specified it and said, How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? I believe they're synonymous. Yeah, I'm not going to try to repeat that word. Okay, that just out, you make up whatever you want. That didn't quite come out right. Whenever, whenever we understand that we receive Holy Spirit, we are receiving the best of God. The best of God. I want you to grab hold of that. God did not give you a substandard spirit. God did not give us an inadequate spirit lesser than him. Jesus said, when I go, I'm going to send you another comforter. The word another means of like character and kind, just like me is what he said. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit that's coming is going to be just like me, same level, same power, everything. And Jesus also went into this, and he, he said, and when I go, my work shall you do, 
same kind, and greater works than these shall you do. Why? Because we will be released. See, Jesus had three and a half years to just simply demonstrate the Father. He didn't come to do everything. He didn't demonstrate everything. He didn't work all the miracles. He didn't do all the things that needed to be done. He came to give us an, uh, an understanding and open our eyes to the Father. But when the Holy Spirit got... See, if in, in, in John chapter 16, he says, it's, it's important that I go. Because if I do not go, the Comforter will not come. He just simply, you won't receive the Comforter. I have to leave. And I have to go to the Father... And when I get to the Father, he's going to send you another comforter. And he said, it's imperative to you. It's very important that I leave so that you can receive the helper, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, and he can be imparted to you. Why? Because that way we now are the representatives of God, and what Jesus come to do on earth, he is now given to the church, given to the body, and he wants to fill us with himself so that we can manifest all the things that he didn't get done in that three and a half years. Amen. He spent a good deal of his time just dealing with 12 problems. But he was trying to get those 12 problems free so that they could receive the power of the Holy Spirit and begin to do the works of God. See, if Jesus hadn't left, we would have just, we'd still be following him around watching him work. But when he left, he said, now I'm giving you my commission, I'm giving you my work, and I'm going to be with you and shall be in you. My, my father and I will come to you and make our abode with you. In other words, I'm going to use you to accomplish the work. I am not going to get very far in this today because we got to just really camp out on this and really get a hold of this. He said, ask, ask, ask seek knock and he will give you the best that he has he will give you all good things he will give you what he has to give holy spirit is the offering of god he is the gift of god he is the best of everything you know jesus when he when he left in john chapter 20 verses 21 through 22 it says that, that Jesus breathed on them. John chapter 20, verse 21 says, So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. There's the declaration. That's what I was talking about a few minutes ago. We have now received what he came to do. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus could have said a whole lot of things, but he said, receive the Holy Spirit. 
he made a declaration here of, of importance and that the Holy Spirit is the most important thing that we can receive from God in our lives. Everything else is secondary. Everything else is less. Everything else comes after that. But receiving the power of the Holy Spirit in your life is the number one goal of Jesus. He breathed on them, and he didn't say receive prosperity. He didn't receive, receive the ability to heal. He didn't say receive your power. He said receive the Holy Spirit. Everything else comes when we receive Holy Spirit. The number one goal of Jesus come to this earth was to shed his blood so we could be redeemed, we could be, be cleansed, and we could be qualified for one thing, and that's to become the temple of the Holy Spirit, the manifestation of God working in us. He chose us to be his vessels. That is amazing to me. The fact that God wanted us to become the vessels he lived in. Wow. He said, ask, ask, ask. Oh, how often do we just, we just wish instead of asking? We stress instead of asking. We we, we want God to do something, but we never come to a place where, you know why? Because asking demands a choice. When we come to the place where we ask God, we have now committed ourselves to the process. It's easier just to worry about it than to commit to it. Although that's tormenting. We, we, seem, we seem to choose... It, it seems like we would rather worry and be in fear than actually commit to, to a process. Amen. Fear dominates people. We, we, we do, we're dominated by fear. Fear surrounds us. We're always, what if? What if, what if, what if? If you live in the what ifs, you will never live. If you never learn to commit to something, You'll never live. You got to commit to it. Amen. You cannot allow fear and worry to dominate your life and rob and steal from you the potential that God has placed inside. God called you to be a vessel of him, and when you're worrying and, and full of fear, you are actually denying the power of God in you. And when we deny his power in us, he can't work his works through us. Come on, somebody. Fear. Airplanes crash. I still fly. Cars wreck. I still drive. People abandon me. I still love people. Amen. There's all kinds of things that happen that you can say, oh, I'm just not going to, I'm going to close the doors and I'm going to hide inside of my little closet. And what you have just done is assigned yourself to a prison. You're not protecting yourself, you're robbing yourself. Who cares if people stab you in the back? Understand that there is nothing to be gained by refusing to give people the opportunity to do it again. We're so afraid. What if somebody does me wrong? Well, what if they do? Goodness. 
we are so controlled by stuff like that. Well, what, what if somebody betrays me? They will. What if somebody, what, I can't trust anybody. Oh, yeah, you can. The reason you're saying you can't trust anybody is you can't trust yourself. You know how evil you are in your heart, so you, don't, you, you ain't going to trust nobody else. I got to tell you something, people's going to do you wrong. This world's going to do you wrong. If you allow that to cap, capsulate you, you're never going to live. You got to break through that thing and get out there and live again. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to enjoy people till I don't. Oh, they might, they might do something bad to me. Well, <laughs> come on. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop right there. That's in the next segment. I'm going to stop right there. Don't tell me to go. No, I ain't going to no, I ain't going to say any more. No, that's next. That's the next 9-week segment. Okay? <laughs> we we got, we got to toughen up and learn that there's a power inside. I got to tell you something. Everything can go wrong in your life, and there's a power inside of you that's right. He is right in everything that goes wrong. He is more than everything that, that is against you. He's bigger than all the things that, that come against you. You got to learn to let the Holy Spirit be your healer, your strength, your, your provider, the one that raises you up when you get knocked down. You say, well, I got knocked down. I'm afraid to get back up. Well, what's the fun in that? Get back up. Experience it again. Amen. How many times when, when, when these football players, I'm not a big sports fan, but I've watched these, I've watched these football games, and, and, and they get paid really well for doing this, but whenever, whenever they're trying to get to that goal line up there, sometimes they'll get knocked down over and over and over. They get abused, mistreated, stomped on, knocked down, grabbed by the helmet. I mean, everything goes wrong. It is bad. I mean, they, get, they, got, they might have five 300-pound guys tackle them and hold them down, and they get right back up, get right back in line, and they do it again. Why? Because they've got a goal in mind. They're going somewhere. They're not going to go sit on the sidelines and pout and say, well, they just didn't let me run. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awful? I mean, we're kind of, I, I'm afraid we might come to a place where they, they pout out on the field. I mean, we're getting to the place where they're going to have to have safe zones out on the football field. Okay, now I'm offended. Nobody can touch me this time. But they just keep pushing. They just keep getting back up. There's some of them play with broken bones. I mean, that's dedication, and they don't even have anything to be dedicated to. It's just running a ball across a line. Of course, they get millions of dollars for it, but <laughs> that would help. That would help. I could deal with things a whole lot better if they was paying me million, millions of dollars, you know. I could deal with the pain a little better, you know. But they, they keep pushing. They keep pressing. They keep pushing forward because they have a purpose. They have a goal. We as children of God, we as Christians, we've got a greater purpose, a greater power. We have an eternal goal, and we should be the last ones to stay down when we get knocked down. We should be able to jump right back up and say, well, that hurt, 
but I've got somewhere to go. I'm heading somewhere. I've got somebody inside of me that has a vision, has a passion, and I've got to get there. I'm going to ask him to help me and to empower me, and I'm going to keep seeking. I'm going to keep knocking. I'm going to, I might get knocked down, but I'm going to be seeking and knocking while I'm getting back up. I might, everything might go wrong in my life, but I'm just going to keep seeking and knocking. Why? Because I know that there's a God that has answers for me. If I'll just ask him, he's got my answer. Amen. Got my answer. I went through this whole thing again yesterday as I was preparing for this message, and, and you know, I've kind of come to this place. Every once in a while, God has to jerk me up by the, by the shirt and whoop me real good, and, and yesterday was one of those times. I mean, God took me out behind the woodshed yesterday, and, and we had a talk. We had a come to Jesus meeting. Because I have this tendency to take everything on. I, I have this exaggerated sense of responsibility. And so I take everybody's problem on. I carry it. Everything that goes on in our work overseas, it's like I need to be there. I need to be doing something. I've got to, I've got to help this. I've got to do something. And I, I keep coming up with this. And, and I guess Sister Betty was seeing that I was getting a little wound tight. And yesterday morning she said, I do not want to repeat 2010. You need to let go. No. What? You know, I can't, I don't feel it. I don't sense it. Because that's my personality. You know, to drive harder, to push harder, to do more, to, to make it happen. We got to get this happening. You know, I don't have any way to make it happen. Well, that doesn't matter. We got to make it happen anyway. There ain't no money. Well, we got to get some money. You know, that's, that's, that's just kind of how it is. You know, I can't stand for things not to be done and, and to just have to wait, 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 wait. One of the problems about asking God is I have to obey what he says. <laughs> I might not like what he says. Because every once in a while he tells me just let go of it, wait. That's not acceptable. Mm -mm. And then I heard uh, Pastor Ron Carpenter say this statement he said every situation that comes up irritated me at him first i thought well good for you because i felt convicted he said every situation that comes up i stop everything and i step aside and i say god is this mine is this mine he said if god says yes then I head that direction. The details are not my problem. They're God's. Because he's the one who told me to go, so he's got to take care of this thing. He said, if God says no, then I have to simply walk away from it. So the time I got in here yesterday, yesterday praying, you know, I had all this working inside of me. And I, you know, I have a tendency to, you know, be hard I, I like to drive hard and we just had a storm in rwanda that, that wiped out uh, houses and and crops and and buildings people's homes and wiped out their food 
just like in Nebraska we're dealing with, but they, in Kahiri uh, province, they had a storm come through and it just destroyed everything. And people are hungry. They don't have food. They don't know what they're going to do. And I, I'm carrying this on my heart. And in my heart, I'm thinking, I got to get there. We got to get food. We got to do something, you know. And so all this stuff gets, on, gets inside of me. And I just start, I, I start uh, processing you know, and I, I carry all this stuff. And I got in here and I was praying. Oh, I was walking around praying for this message this morning. And I was, you know, and, and I said, God, you know, and I just started, I started talking to him about some, some of the things going on. And Holy Spirit just, I mean, just took me to the woodshed. Just stopped me in my tracks. He said, why haven't you asked me? I'm telling you right now. He said, why, why haven't you asked me? <sighs> that is not a good place to be, especially for somebody like me that likes to win. I lost that round <laughs> because I, all I could do is say, uh, I thought I did. But he said, why haven't you asked me? And so I, I said, oh, Holy Spirit, is this mine? I had to go back to what Ron Carpenter was saying. Is this mine? And I said, I need, I need a yes or no. I need to know that. And I had to start asking, okay, God, is this mine? Okay, God, what do you want me to do about this? I mean, I've preached this for years. I've lived it, but my nature is to just start gathering things. I'm like a magnet. You know, everything just attaches to me. And, and I think I got to fix it. You know, I find out some pastor's having trouble in, in his church. You'd think that I would be able to say, well, God, help him. But instead, I want to fix it for him. You know? It's like, oh man, we got to get this taken care of. We got to get, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm just being vulnerable to you, open to you. And Holy Spirit just really brought me down yesterday and said, why haven't you asked me? Just ask me. And so I want us to start asking God, God, does this belong to me? Because we just read it now unto Him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we what? Ask or think. And he said, in, the, in Luke it said, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. And he said, it will be, the door will be open to you. You will be answered and you will find. So why is it that we get so lost in our thoughts and in our life and we become so pressured up when we have a promise that the person in us, the power that works in us, is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think? Oh, we need to just start saying, Holy Spirit, I ask you 
to work in my life. I ask you to speak to me. I ask you to fill me. Every day of your life, you need to get up and say, Holy Spirit, fill me full today. Fill me up today. Amen. Fill me up today. A lot of times I'll, I'll be heading to work or something and I'll say, God, fill me up and just let me spill out on somebody today. Just let me overflow on somebody. Well, you can't do that if you're all, if you're all wound up inside of you and, and you're pressured up. You can't help anybody else. Amen? Because it flows out of a spirit of love. And a spirit of love is a spirit that is not worrying and full of fear and doubt. If we love God, we know he loves us, we know that he cares about us, don't we? And so if we're able to do that, then, then why is it that we don't trust him? Why is it we don't ask? And I believe, coming back to the same answer, I believe we don't ask because then we're going to have to commit to the answer. We're going to say, okay. You know, what, what if I ask God about this thing and it's really important to me and, and God says, just walk away from it. It's, it's really easy for me when God says, yeah, go. Because that's the mode I like to run in. Go mode. I like to go. And I like to see things happen. I like to see it. You know, I, I, I love adventures. You can ask Damon and Betty. They rode 50-some thousand miles with us on the Harley. They know that what we planned to do that day probably isn't going to happen because I am spontaneous, and I'm liable to turn left when we're supposed to turn right. You know why? Because there's some territory on the left I've never seen before. It doesn't matter that there's no motels out there, and it's 5 o'clock at night. To the chagrin and disappointment of our wives and we drive till 10 o'clock that night trying to find a place to stay you know that that doesn't matter the fact is there's something out there that we haven't seen yet there's a cow in the road we haven't went around yet <laughs> I thought about getting a sticker to put on the back of my helmet that said how can I be lost there's still a road in front of me I decided Betty would get tired of looking at that but it's a whole lot easier for me when God says go. Because when he says go, I head that direction. You know, it's, it's get out of my way, we're going, because God said go. But when God says hold it, this doesn't belong to you. Oh my goodness. I have to die to myself. I have to die to my flesh because that ain't, that ain't, that ain't the way things are supposed to work. But I... I've been asking the Holy Spirit, help me, help me to learn to just do an about face and walk after you. Wow. How powerful would that be? To me, it feels irresponsible. Oh, I can't stand to be irresponsible. When I take, when I take a day off, a lot of times I'll take a day after try to relax, and by the end of the day, I, I'll tell Sister Betty, I said, well... I just kind of didn't do a thing today. I was, very, I was just irresponsible today. She said, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to relax, you know? But it's like, okay, didn't accomplish anything on that one. 
don't have to accomplish something all the time. Amen. I am arguing with myself today. I'm going to have to watch this message all over again because, because, because me needs to hear what I have to say. Ask. How, how do you receive the Holy Spirit? It says you ask, and you seek, and you knock, and you open your heart. It's not a struggle. If we struggle with it, then it's our flesh fighting, trying to, res- trying to get God, something from God. Struggle is when our flesh is trying to make it happen. But if you just relax, if you just get into the presence of God, if you just start hungering after God and start enjoying His presence, wow, it's amazing what can happen. That's just become my, my word. To, I tell Sister Val on Sunday morning a lot of time, I'll, I'll walk by her and I'll say, remember, have fun today. Enjoy this. Just enjoy the presence of God today. Amen. Because that's what we're here to do. We're not here to, we're not here to try to make God do so. We're not here to try to make something happen. We're here just to relax and let God's presence move. Here I am, God. Feel me. Feel me. Here I am. Feel me. There was a young lady from Sivo come to me one time and she said, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. What, what should I do? I said, well, I'm going to pray for you because we're not going to get into it right now, but Jesus breathed on them and said, receive you the Holy Spirit. I said, I'm going to pray for you and ask God to fill you the Holy Spirit. And then I want you to leave. This is on a Sunday. We had Wednesday night service there, and I said, I want you to come back Wednesday night, but b- between now and Wednesday night, I want you to get into the Word, and I want you to read about the Holy Spirit, and I want, to re- I want you to read in the book of Acts, and I want you just to read about the work of the Holy Spirit, and I want you to, just to get, just to digest everything about Holy Spirit. And I said, when you come back Wednesday night, you're going to be ready, and God's going to baptize the Holy Spirit. And she come back Wednesday night, and I didn't, nobody even had to pray for her. She was over here in the side praying, and, and she just gloriously, just the presence of God covered her and filled her. Why? Because instead of trying to get it, she got so excited about who he is. She got so excited about who he is and what he does, and, and she just got this love and this desire and this passion inside of her heart, and the struggle was gone. Hallelujah. I'm going to have to stop there. Praise God. I got, it, I, I got into a, a quarter of my notes today. Whenever, whenever God, the fact, let me, let me put, try to put this right. The declaration of God, the declaration of the Word of God that He has filled us given us his spirit and that we can be filled with all the fullness of God should be so exciting to us that nothing else, everything else pairs in comparison and we should realize, wow, how much more effective can I be if I just let that power work inside of me? Amen. We should be better, better on the job 
because the Holy Spirit's working, and not worse, not worse, better on the job because the Holy Spirit's working inside of us. We should be better employees because, hey, Holy Spirit's work. We should not be the pain in the boss's backside putting all of our Christian demands on our boss because, because we somehow feel like we're on a different level. We should be the best workers they got. We should be the people that they trust and they lean on because they know we're going to get it right and we're going to do it right and we're not going to have a bad attitude about it. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all that have employees, you should be saying, oh, God, God, fill them. Fill them with your presence. Fill them with your love. Amen. Praise God. People should want to come in the store you work in just simply because you light up their life with the presence of God. Amen. Father, what an amazing promise you've given us today. And Lord, we just, we've just, Father, I ask that this information, that this knowledge, this understanding, this wisdom, Lord, we didn't even get to the Lord, the things that you've given me, Lord God, we're going to see some amazing stuff. And Father, I thank you for that. But Lord, today I ask you just to give us the understanding, Lord, that we need just to let go and ask, ask you to do this. Ask you about things in our life and to be happy with the answer. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. God, we just want you to work in our lives. We want your answers in our lives. We want to know your word, Lord. We want to hear your word. Lord, if you say yes, we want to be able to commit to the yes. And Lord, if you say no, God, we want to be able to let go because you've got that assignment for somebody else. You've reserved that assignment for somebody else, and we need to just let go of it. We need to walk away. Father, that we can commit to the answer when we ask. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, we commit to it today in Jesus' name.